Hey, welcome to the Thought Thread Podcast. Weaving content together with Steve Carr. Glad you're here for the second iteration of this. Yes, this is a newer podcast, but it's related to something I've been doing for a long time, which is sending out links I've read across the interwebs for you to consume and then to think about. So I hope this has been helpful. The best way to consume the content that I'm going to talk about here is to go to my website, houseofcar.com. That's houseofcar, C-A-R-R.com slash thread. And at houseofcar.com slash thread, you can subscribe to the thought thread twice a month. I will email it to you so you can read the links, digest the content, see what it means to you. But what I'm using this podcast is is an opportunity to extrapolate what I send out so I can tell you how I believe it weaves all together. So the theme for this thread is old. She's just so old. But she's an old lady. I mean, look at her. She's old. You can't just take her stuff. She's too old. Old is a frame of mind, a concept that some of us struggle with to determine where we are when we finally feel old. We finally hit the point in the pandemic where I have hit the vaccine threshold. My age number has come up, and I will say that it's made me feel old. But as we grab with old, the theme that I usually develop from the thread comes from a biblical text because in my thread I include a old sermon or Bible teaching I've made. And this thread covers content from Psalm 116. And I have to admit to you that even though I read the Bible, the way that I became familiar with Psalm 116 was actually through a U2 song. So I guess Bono led me to the Bible. But to be able to say that it was all about U2's use of this psalm, they weren't the first artist to actually take the words of the biblical text as inspiration. In fact, Johann Sebastian Bach, and not to be confused with the Canadian singer Sebastian Bach, who was the lead singer of Skid Row, the 1980s hairband, but Johann Sebastian Bach, the performer, actually composed orchestral movement based upon Psalm 116. And the focus of this, and there's some um, fascinating uh, scripture verses within Psalm 116, quite often it's used as funerals. It helps us to really focus on our personal mortality when we're thinking about old. And that is something that many of us do. If you're youthful in listening to this, maybe you have not yet had the opportunity, but we all have those moments where we go back and we try to live through our glory days. Yes, Bruce, the boss, lay down some tracks to us as we reflect on what is old in those glory days. I'll admit, I wasn't a Springsteen guy. I'm not sure I still am, but the older I get, the more I appreciate Bruce. Maybe it's because I spent time in New Jersey recently. I have no idea. So let's hop into the thread and the links I send out. The first link, the last blockbuster store that survived the pandemic. And maybe you've seen this because just this past week, they released a new documentary on Netflix that discussed the last Blockbuster store. It's in Bend, Oregon. Shout out. I have friends who are from Bend, Oregon, have said they have gone to this Blockbuster store. But as they start the documentary, there's like 14 stores left. It gets down to one. And it's interesting then to think about 
the fall of Blockbuster. If you're a Gen Xer like me, you've seen it go from the highs to now the lows. But it's interesting to see how the business has taken advantage of nostalgia to keep going. And there's uh, can't overemphasize the power of nostalgia, and that's evident in Blockbuster. I will throw an asterisk here. I think this store survives because it is a piece of nostalgia, not because of the industry. In the documentary, there are people who are saying, oh, I think video stores are going to make a comeback like record stores. It's not going to happen. As much as we liked that click-click of the video cassette tape box, friends, what we have now within our screening is just far superior. So as much as it exists, it's not going to survive as a video store. The business ain't coming back, so you Robinhood people don't buy on this one. I wonder if Blockbuster stock is still a thing. I don't think it is. That's a link for you to digest. The second thing for you to think about, should you trust the Myers-Briggs? And again, the interesting thing is I had selected this article and then saw that HBO Max has a documentary out that hones in on personality tests, specifically the Myers-Briggs. And you see the story of the uh, mother and daughter who, around the time of the Second World War, developed this personality test because they thought it would help America to be able to slot in people where they fit best. And the way they do this is to summarize people's existence into certain personalities. And it's interesting because I've seen businesses who place a high value on the Myers-Briggs when the reality is it's based on Jungian philosophy uh, from Carl Jung, the Swiss philosopher, based on his philosophy that has really proven to be non-applicable, but we still hold on to it anyways. Why? Because we like the idea of being able to modernic, modernistically, 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 in a modern way, we like the idea of being able to slot people into places. And that's actually something that, even though it's relatively new, it's more 20th century, it's now, in this era, it just feels old and dated. I think you should have skepticism. I think our abilities to try to nail people down by their personalities is a endeavor that people enjoy because it helps them to retain power. I think this article proves that. Take a look at that. Similarly, as we're looking at this question of who am I, I included this video about um, – it's a video explanation of an ancient philosophical conundrum posed by Plutarch, which is the ship of Theseus. Now, some of you have never heard of the ship of Theseus. Other of you, Others of you have just heard about it recently because you were watching the finale of the Disney Plus Marvel Universe TV series WandaVision. And not to throw spoilers in here, but in the last edition of WandaVision, two main characters have a conversation about Plutarch's ship of Theseus conundrum. And it's this idea that, you know, if you have a historical ship and, you know, ships wear away, so you replace the boards on the ship, if you replace enough boards, is it still then the initial ship? Of fame, or if you were to take those apart and rebuild them, is that ship the same ship? So it talks about this idea of being again, this is some extra, um, this philosophical, you know, as a theologian, this is extra biblical, but I think it's an important conundrum for us to be able to consider. And plus, if you're watching WandaVision with no clue, I like these types of animated explanations because it simplifies it and we can take deep thoughts 
and simplify them, then we are winning. So link for you there to watch about the ship of Theseus. Fourth article I drop in is just a shorter New York Times article, and even though there's a paywall, I think you'll be able to access the article on first click. And it discusses the royal family. So I don't know if, if, you know, last week you ended up watching the Oprah interview of Harry and Meghan where they discuss their removal from the royal family. And for some of us, it creates this tension because we have strong connection to family and we think that, you know, something like this would separate us from that. But what this article does a good job is trying to pan out and see the larger situation is that – As much as this is a family, really it's a business, that the royal family is an institution with hundreds of employees. And when you have a quote-unquote family business, you need to treat conflicts like this as basically workplace conflict. And you would hear that in the interview with Harry and Meghan that they would come back and say, no, this family member we're cool with and it's good, but it was this overall institution which really makes us think about leadership and structures and institutional forms. Because when the institution then becomes greater than the people running the institution, when, it, when the decisions made are made in a silo that does not actually account, account for what's the best in the interest of the individuals, then it's a runaway institution that needs to be brought into check. And really, you know, as much as some of you are like, I don't care about the royal family – And even Oprah's brilliant interviewing might not have brought you to that point. I will tell you that it's something that we should consider within our own institutions. Do they exist to do good as they are, or are they actually causing harms to the very people that they seek to protect? And that's why, you know, if I'm just calling my shot right here, I'm not sure that the royal family is going to see its its end. But I would believe that in the months and years ahead that we start to see reform in the royal family because they recognize that it can serve a purpose if you are part of the United Kingdom, that the royal family itself can serve a purpose, but it has to work for the people involved. And uh, something that as you're considering it, you know, try to get beyond the princess fairy tale aspects of it And look at it as an institutional issue. So for every thread, I recommend a book. And this time, since the theme was old, I just wanted to go back and find something old that I had read a while ago and hadn't pulled out for a thread. And I came across a book called Simply Christian by N.T. Wright. And uh, if you are into deeper biblical scholarship. You know who N.T. Wright is. He is a highly regarded New Testament scholar. Uh, I really appreciate N.T. Wright. Sometimes he goes by Tom Wright. Usually that's his friends call him Tom, and uh, I'm not his friend, so I'll hold back. I've never even met the guy. I know people who have met him, have not met N.T. Wright. I've watched videos of him, but the reason I appreciate this uh, Anglican priest is because he just he, he brings the text to life, plus he provides allowances for places where skeptics have issues. And one of the big things, if you see on uh, the social medias right now, you'll see people that are all about deconstructing their faith and their Christianity. And friends, deconstruction can be a useful tactic, but if it does not give way to actual construction, building, then it is still an exercise in futility. And this is what I appreciate about 
Tom Wright, about N.T. Wright, is what he does is he tries to examine the complexity of Christianity, give um, allowances for people who might you know, have issues with which they're grappling and meet them head on. Really, I believe that um, this is going to be something that holds up well for generations to come. If you've read it, you know that. If you haven't and you're thinking about it and maybe you're like, okay, is this a good enough book to buy on? Line, hey, I include for every book I recommend my notes, things that stuck out for me, so you can download that, take a look, see it jibes with where you're at. So I would recommend Simply Christian by N.T. Wright. And then finally, I include in every thread just something more personal, and sometimes it's something somebody else's wrote or something so that somebody I know that has uh, just impacted me. This time it's something that I wrote. I wrote an article on my blog called Slow Down to Remember I will admit that this came out of a place of an experience I had just a few weeks ago. I was sitting in traffic, just minding my own business, trying to make my left turn, and I see a police car enter into the intersection, and a funeral procession just begins to drive by. So I just pause and just absorb the moment that these people driving past me are experiencing great loss, but I look up to the corner street, and I see a man there at the car waiting impatiently. And I can tell what he is getting ready to do. And sure enough, the man pulls out into traffic and cuts off the funeral procession, like hops into the line, sees an opening, hops back out, and just speeds past the procession. And because the officer was at the intersection, there was nothing, and it's off-duty, you know, a company officer, nothing happened. There were no repercussions. I just found myself becoming angry, angry at this idea that somebody couldn't pause long enough to respect somebody who had passed away. But I saw that just as indicative of who our society is. I hearken back to an experience I had years ago too. I just think in all of this, we're looking at lessons from the pandemic. What have we learned? I'm hoping we've learned the virtue of patience. I'm hoping we've learned the value of slowing down to remember. And I'm hoping that what I've written here might help you to think about how you view the world, who you are, and how patient you are. And friends, that's it. That's this week's thread on old. And look at her. She's so old. But why do I do this? I'm giving you resources to help make you think. Friends, we need to think more and think better. And I'm hoping that this week you do that. So, hey, hope you've enjoyed it. If you have reflections from what I've said here or from any of the links, you can let your opinions be known on my website, www.houseofcar.com slash thread slash old for this episode. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Think more. Think better. Take care now.